0: It's time for an inside look at the most powerful motorsport on the planet. WFO Radio, NHRA Nitro.
1: And we're going once again on WFO. My name is Joe Costello, and we're going to catch up with Cruz Pedragon just minutes from now. I know that's why everybody logs on to see WFO Radio out there on social media. If you're watching on Twitter, you're watching on our WFO Radio TV YouTube channel. It is all happening. What a great day we had yesterday with Erica Enders, Alan Reinhardt. Before that, next week I am going to be headed to Tampa for a big battle against flying Ryan Ayler. we got a lot of stuff to tell you about, a lot of stuff to talk about. And Cruz is going to be here just moments from now. Before we get into all that, I want to thank the people who make it possible. And we've got great partners here on WFO Radio. And let's build this audience, right? Let's get the uh, the shares going and the retweets going. So when Cruz comes on, uh, we'll be ready to go. He is not here just yet, but we're going to get him on. But I want to say thanks to Total Seal Piston Rings, the leader in ring seal technology, TotalSeal.com got great episodes of Hidden Horsepower up their podcast that we produce and just so much great knowledge and information being shared there. If you're an engine builder and you're not using Total Seal, you definitely should uh, investigate at very least. I'm not telling you what to do, but I know the answer to this question, and the answer is Total Seal. Check them out, TotalSeal.com. Also, Marvin Rodak, 817-924-6821. That's Rodak's Coffee and Grills.com. Hot sauces and spice rubs and everything good. If you're a coffee file, like I now am, this is the best in the business, baby. Check it out. That is RodaxCoffeeandGrills.com. Samtech.edu, the School of Automotive Machinists and Technology. Start your education at full speed. They're approved to train veterans under the GI Bill. And uh, their grads are doing great things out there in the world of drag racing. I can tell you that. And finally, Frank Hawley's Drag Racing School, where the dragster adventure is a great way for you to drive a dragster. That's right. Go to frankhawley.com. Now, a couple of quick things going on a week from today, over in Tampa, it will be pro versus Joe, or like I like to call it, Joe versus pro. Flying Ryan Ayler challenged me to a match race, flying Ryan Ayler in his Mustangs with drag radials over there at what used to be Sunshine Drag Strip is now a Showdown Drag Strip over there or Showtime Drag Strip. I got to get it right at some point. Where isn't it right on here? Isn't it on here? No, it is not. But the bottom line is I got to race flying Ryan who has already won a race in Pro Stock this year, and I'm going to try to take him down. So stick around. We're going to play an interview with Flying Ryan a little bit later on. Also, I'm going to put in the comment section, yesterday when Erica was on the show, we, she, and I both made a mistake. Not a mistake, but we left something, an omission. She is nominated for ESPY's Driver of the Year. So I just put the vote link in the comment section. And we didn't talk about it, but it would be great. Last year, the whole sport rallied behind Steve Torrance. Maybe it was in 2019. Everybody rallied behind Steve Torrance. And he came up a little bit short. But I would love to see everybody rally that way around Erica. And you know she's a Disney girl. ESPN is Disney. I think she's got a better shot with the whole right on track movie going on. She's the only lady racer in the options against Lewis Hamilton, against Scott Dixon. How about Erica Enders? Everybody vote every day. How about that? Is everybody ready for that? Good. And we got more to come, but look who's there. Look who is ready to join us on WFO radio. It is the cruiser, baby. Cruz Patagon back in the winner's circle. What's up, Cruz? Hey, Joe, how's it going? I am doing very well. My life is going well. How about yours? Pretty good, I guess. What's that? Pretty well, I guess. Very
0: very well. I'm just sitting here in Southern California, soaking up some sun and flew out yesterday. Still pretty tired from the weekend, Joe, but it was a great, uh, it's a great tire. It's a great feeling. It's a gift that keeps on giving those wins, man.
1: Uh, Well. You know, Cruz, we've had you on the show, you know, several times in the past, just because uh, you know we like to chat and it's great. But this is better. We got a win to talk about, and you've covered so much ground in a short amount of time with JC and Rip and Ryan and those guys, and winning this race. But it started long before that, and I I can't help but think about about Hop Singh, honestly, and how this this win was so connected to him. In so many ways, your team, Bob's team, and John Collins and the DSR team, right. like he was so well represented in the final round. I know that was brutally devastating for you last year to experience that and to be able to tie that all together with a win. I'd like to just hear you, you know, talk a little bit about it.
0: Well, yeah, well said, uh- Uh, Joe and and I did have uh, a moment in the car before the final round against Tasca and I wasn't thinking about anything other than the race and what I had to do in the rain it was starting to drizzle and (laughs) the sun was out which is kind of crazy but I did have a thought a a moment with Eric and uh, I did think about the guy and I got a little emotional I thought you know I don't need to be getting emotional I haven't we haven't completed the uh, you know the the task at hand so and I mentioned that to our guys after the final because we had, as he showed the hat just now, we had a moment there. We took some pictures for his wife and his daughter. But yeah, hey, uh, I did. I didn't know the guy very long. He worked with us for a little over a year. A lot of respect for him. He was beloved man. The guy. The guy had a lot of friends out there. A lot of people liked Eric. He was a very likable guy. He was on his way. He's an up and coming crew chief. And um, yeah, we lost him. I mean, that, you know, the the story has been well documented in HRA. And I, I just want uh, that moment to. Uh, to let his wife, and you know, his family, and especially his daughter, young daughter, uh, to uh, know that we're thinking about him still. We miss him. Um, it's, uh, you know, it was just one of those things. And then, yeah, he worked for Tasca. So I'm sure, you know, Bob will tell you the same thing. Uh, I, I call him Bobby, Bob, uh, Bob Tasca, Everybody calls him Bob. It's serious, but I call him Bobby. He's a really good friend of ours. And my brother, Tony, and I are close to Bob. Bobby, as we call him. Bobby so, motorcraft Yeah. It was, eh? but, but Bobby
1: Motocraft.
0: Yeah, right. But uh, no, it was good. You know, and like I said, it was uh, it was a great win, man. It was just really everybody. Uh, uh, things were clicking that day. We were going to get some real uh, real uh, uh, heavyweights, you know, and, and Alexis is resurging with Dell. Dell's getting that car running good. And so every round was uh, was really a, a battle. I mean, I think three out of the four rounds were just, a, you know, just could have gone either way. There was racing close, close racing all day.
1: Absolutely. And let's do that. Let's go round by round. And and folks out there, Marvin Rodak saying congratulations says the championship awaits. And and we'll talk about that. It sure is part of the conversation now. The way I look at it, if you win a race, you enter that conversation, right? And you you absolutely did. Blake says, congratulations. Blake's mom, Blake was out there this weekend. Mm-hmm. His mom is a diehard Cruz Pedragon fan, and you made her very, very happy with the win. But its it started off with a, a round one win against Tim Wilkerson, who just one race previously, was very strong out there in New England. Uh, you were able to go 397. You left 067. And built that momentum with a round one win over a very, very tough opponent.
0: Yeah. I mean, and Tim, you know, made us think about him all night. You know, I knew that was a tough draw, even though we qualified, uh, our West, our, uh, worst qualifying position all year, 10th spot. And, uh, and, uh, you know, so I was thinking, man, you know, and these shortened events now we don't have four runs to really lay out the real fast cars. You'll get a couple of, uh, guys like the Mac attack car that, that threw the, threw the ladder off just a little bit by qualifying up there. and so you never know who you're going to race. And yeah, we had a tough one first round and, and uh, Tim Wilkerson, great car, uh, you know, and so, yeah, we thought he was going to be, you know, right there. And, and he probably was going to be, but he spun the tires. And, and from that point on, we had Robert, you know, and you can never look past Robert. I mean, he's, I even told him after he can come over and congratulate him. I said, Hey man, you guys are, you guys are the best or right there in the top two or three cars and driver combos in the, in the field.
1: But when you can go up against Robert Haidt and Jimmy Proc and, and, and Reinhardt says it a lot. And a lot of people say it a lot. It's true. Like you're racing Robert, but John is racing Jimmy. And those guys are thinking about Jimmy Proc and what's he going to do. And what's he going to throw at him? Like you're in a situation now where you can roll to the starting line. And obviously through this win, feel confident that you've got something for him. And that's, you know, you felt that feeling in the past, but now you're back there again.
0: Yeah, you know, until you win a race, you know, you really there's a little tiny bit of doubt. And, you know, and I had to get get back up on that wheel again, get back up on that steering wheel and start driving again. And I, you know, I had uh, had some issues hitting the wall a couple of times and just really embarrassing more than anything. And, you know, we got that squared away, got my chin strap working and some different things. But really, it's a mindset you have, just like you say, Joey, when you pull up there against these guys, these guys are good. I mean, some of these these driver uh crew chief combinations hey the, these drivers are hand-picked they're drive because they're good you know and so yeah i mean jr uh i was thinking jr is another guy that's that we had a really close race with jr the week before it could have gone either way so i even told the guys afterwards i said maybe that could have been our our breakthrough win had we uh got by that round there but so yeah i mean the cars nowadays are you know joe they're uh the drivers the race and the drivers and the, and the crew chiefs are racing the crew chiefs but but i knew coming into this year that hey I, we're going to have A really good car that can compete for wins but i i knew i even said at the beginning that it's going to take some races it's not going to happen overnight and we tested extensively well not extensively but we made some you know quite a few runs and and i i even said five or six races and here sure enough here's the seventh race we're in the winner's circle so uh but yeah anytime you pull up against these guys man you, you need to bring uh you know you need to bring it
1: you mentioned the run against Alexis and, and I have had some people ask some questions. You mentioned the chin strap. We'll talk a little bit about that, you know, driver uh, technique and what JC has brought to the table. I've got some yep. questions, but let's get through the final, the Alexis, like I'm looking at those at uh, first of all, the whole semifinal, uh, I think is great stuff. You got caps and Tasca. You've got you and Alexis like that's that represents a large portion of fans out there that aren't uh, necessarily John force and Robert height, which, you know, it's good to spread around the excitement and that's exactly what it did. Uh, You are able to get around Alexis. She had to be devastated. She's fighting reaction time right now. I have no doubt she'll get it, but sets up the final round against you and Tasca. Who's got every Ford executive in the house. He's going to try to win his third of the year. He's been having taken out. Everybody took out force, got through caps and, there is that close family tie. So this wasn't like all the other races in the final round where you had Greg and Erica, like kind of rivalry races. This is just, if Cruz can get his win here, it's going to change the story from, boy, wouldn't it be great if Cruz and his guys could win a race, to, hey, Cruz and his guys won a race. Bob Tasca is already a player. You got off the starting line first. He was a little tardy. You had that plume of smoke, which kind of made everybody wonder, like, what's that? I heard you kick the rods out of it the round before. So tell me from that point, like you guys had to work hard in the pits to get to the lanes. I think they brought you to the lanes, strapped into the car only to be on pause because of rain. Right. And there was a lot going on there as you set up the final round for us.
0: Well, Hey, that's where being a veteran like I am comes into play. I've been in that situation before. Uh, hey, you sit in the car and, some drivers, you know, it might bother you, but if you, I've been around the block a time or two and been been there, done that. So I just kind of thought, you know, I'm going to get out of the car. Actually, Rip told me to get out of the car because it started to rain again, our assistant crew chief, Rip, Rip Reynolds. And I thought, you know, I'm going to sit in here and just soak it in and not worry about getting out and doing all that stuff. I, I'm ready to go. And so I sat in there and we did have a delay. It didn't. It sounded so harsh when you said kick the rods out of it. It, it broke a rod or two as I stepped off the throttle against Alexis. And so that's, you know, could be a lot of things. We're still looking into that. It didn't it didn't affect the run itself. But so, yeah, we were in a little bit of thrash. They were rushing us before the final. And we had a little oil that entered the bell housing in the final due to a seal. It was in crooked or whatever. But so they didn't tell me, which is good. A veteran crew chief and veteran team will not tell the driver everything there is to know in the event something like that happens. However, the thought did cross my mind, Joe, about 300 feet getting off that old throttle because I've been on fire a time or two, but it was, the car was accelerating like, 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 you know, like it's supposed to. And it was running. I didn't see Tasket. I'm thinking, damn that smoke. I'm going to, I'm going to ride this horse till the end. And sure enough, I almost shut the car off prematurely. Actually I did hit the parachute button maybe right a little sooner than I thought I should have. And I, I almost let Tasca back in. He did run 331 miles an hour, which is really big speed. We ran 324, but uh, if you followed me in that whole thing, yeah, we did get in the car early. It was a thrash. There was a little oil, but it did burn off as the car was traveling down the track. So, but it did, did it bother me? Heck yeah, it did. I was thinking, man, what in the world? But when you're in the final, you're driving more by field than sight. and I'm not going to let this car get out of, out of the groove. And, and so I'm driving it and trying to navigate that. So it looked pretty cool, but it was just a little bit of smoke in the bell housing.
1: Well, there you go. Well, hey, it looked pretty cool. <laughs> like there was something different about that final round. Right. And Tony speculated that you rolled in deep in the final round. My opinion back to your kick the rods out. I was told a long time ago, I think it was Rob Wendlin, when uh, you know, drag racing terminology that you should always use the most extreme lingo, like torch a head gasket, right? Like, you know, just to make it sound extreme. And I have gone with that. So yeah, kicking the rods out or broke a couple of rods one way or another. But, um, and uh, I think this is Mrs. Rip out there watching, or it could be Rip uh, running her social media one way or another, but uh, you get the win. And from all the trying and all the rebuilding and all of the stuff that went down, your last win was 2018 at four wide. Your last two wide win was English town 2014. And since then you've been doing a lot of rebuilding and getting things going. And now it's like rebuilding complete, ready to compete Cruz Pedragon was a race winner. Your daughter was there. So many different things happening at once, and the emotions just poured over you. I like to see that cruise. And it was a big, big moment for your fans.
0: Yeah. Let me just say this about staging. You know, I think my brother, he and I had a conversation about this. I think they're running out of things to talk about. I was hoping Tony wouldn't fall into the trap about talking about staging. You know, everybody does it. Uh, you know. My dad say you suck one cork, you're a cork sucker. So, you know, (laughs) uh, you know, so, you know, everybody does it. And and really, it shouldn't take away from the reaction times. And and that's something that, really, I told Tony. I says Tony, you need to ask yourself, does a dude in the hundredth seat at Bader's place, sixty feet, do you think he really cares about a couple drivers, one guy going in a couple inches or? You know, are people at home eating nachos, watching TV? Do you think they really care? It's kind of, hey, man, it's a good old, give us a drag race. Let the drivers sort out who was staged first or second. I, You know, I don't get caught up in that. I was doing what I had to do as a driver. And, uh, hey, I, I've told uh, a couple of drivers that get on me about that. Hey, you do it your way and I do it my way and I'll see you at the finish line, pal. Uh, anyway, about, uh, 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 let me let me comment about uh, Ryan. you know, I was taken by emotion in the final, you know, and it's one of those things where I didn't realize Ryan was even at the finish line my my great my beloved daughter at 10 years old, she's my one and only child and I love her to death and my my girlfriend Melissa was down there so it was really cool I got out of the car and I was still a little bit like into the race so to speak I was not thinking. Emotions, and then Raya just gave me a hug, and you know, you start thinking about really what's important in life. Hey, winning races is, is the is the greatest thing, but with having my child there is really cool. So yeah, I was I was a little bit a uh, little emotional there, but you know, hey, I let it all hang out. I never really ever try to hide my emotions, and I'm an emotional guy. So what the heck, I let it rip.
1: Well, exactly, and that's what we the the fight that goes on. You mentioned Tony, and like what's what's important to talk about, right? I think that a lot of conversation should should be had about this. Like what is important to talk about? And I, I'm not going to critique Tony at all, but I can tell you when Michael Waltrip won the Daytona 500 and Daryl Waltrip went crazy and began to cry, it became one of the most legendary calls in, uh, in NASCAR racing because of that, right? Because of the emotion and allowing, or how about Ned uh, Jarrett and Dale Jarrett? Don't let him get down there. It's it's, <laughs> it's, it's part, it's part of it. And, um and, you know, I can also see Tony not wanting to show favoritism to you because you're his brother and someone is out there on the other end of a keyboard getting ready to blow him up about it. But at the same time, there's a whole bunch of people that are smart enough to know that you guys are brothers and it's pretty obvious, uh, even with Bob Tasca, a a great friend and I believe Tony and Bob are like best friends and they were best men in each other's wedding and everything. So Tony had a, a, a great final round either way, but I like the gamesmanship on the starting line, like the whole, I don't, I've never thought that the rolling in deep thing was a negative thing at all. I thought that's like an old school funny car racer starting line savvy kind of thing.
0: That's exactly right. What a lot of drivers or naysayers forget is we still have to push the pedal down. Like just because we roll in a few inches doesn't mean you just sit back and go, oh yeah, I'm just going to let whatever. You still have to freaking go. You still have to push the throttle pedal down. So, Really, it's it's a strategy. Not everybody can do it. I happen to be good at it. Uh, I do it because I want to do it. And if somebody has a problem with that, then uh, you know they either need to uh, consult with their crew chiefs or figure out what they have to do. But don't critique a guy that that's his style. And it's just like running over the rumble strips on a road course for road racers. You know, uh, Formula One. There's guys that'll run completely over. It. They'll it just it's real estate on the racetrack. It uh, it's a strategy. Hey I didn't put the 7 inches in there the 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 founding fathers whoever laid out the clocks years ago decided hey we need a little bit of leeway for some of these cars at the stage not everybody can stop on a dime there's there's a tug there's the amount of brake you put there's so many things that come into play for a driver to but I, I you don't Joe and I'm glad to hear you say that you don't you think it's good gamesmanship but some people use it like to to downplay or to take away from the other driver but hey, it's a free-for-all. At last I checked, the, the best guy at it is a guy named John Forrest. If you guys have heard of him, right? He's won like 16 championships. He is the best at it. And he doesn't apologize to he does occasionally, but you know what? He gives two you know what's about that. And when you fight him, you gotta fight fire with fire. So John Forrest taught me a long time ago, you better bring it when you race me. And so Uh, But like I said, I'm a little critical of people. That's all they want to talk about on TV. And I I hope Tony, uh, you know, realize that maybe, like I say, maybe people run out of stuff to say, I don't know. But in a drag race, hey, the other guy has plenty of liberty to do whatever he's got to do. So I can't worry about him. I got to do my thing. And so, yeah, it's a it's a great thing. Thank God I have the the uh, freedom to do it as a driver. JC and I have had this conversation. JC, like a Ron Tobler, who was his kind of his mentor through the years, allows the driver, imagine that, allow the driver to do what the hell he needs to do to get the job done. And that's what we do.
1: Turn on the wind light. Exactly. Like at the end about of the wind day, light. Now, like I said, when you're home sitting there,
0: nobody gives a crap about a couple inches here. It's a couple inches. What's a couple inches amongst friends. Let me say this, or sometimes not so friendly, Tony, I can make an arguments closer to task than he is to me. So I think Tony was, uh, he was going to win either way. Uh, love Tony, but, you know, he's really close with Taska. And they go out, they do things. I can argue, like I said, they're closer than we are. But uh, Tony was a hell of a driver in his own right. And, uh, uh, you know, so it's good that Tony's uh, doing a good job up there, calling the action as he sees it. And, uh, and hey, Tasca, let me say this. Uh, formidable opponent, man. That guy, that's a fast car. He's a hell of a driver. He's won two races. Should, probably could have won at least another two or well, one and uh, put away the great champ, John Force in the semis right in front of the second round. I watched it in front of us, 92, I think he ran. So we knew we were, we had a tough opponent there, but you know, we're going to take our, we're going to go back and forth. I'm sure it'll be, you know, we'll go back and forth here and there, but at the end of the day, at the in the countdown, we want to be one of the cars that uh, people are going to have to uh, uh, deal with.
1: Well, I think, I think you are, and that's what makes it fun. But to, to say it prior to this race win, Empty, uh, empty threats. Right. Like, well, hey, go win a race. Now you did win a race. Right. And so right. let's, uh, let's talk about J.C. and Tobler and that connection and what those guys have brought to the table. Like, you know, J.C. is uh, comes from the Tobler crew chiefing tree. I know you're a sports guy. And so, you know, head coaching, they, the, the tree of yep. head coaching is something that people keep track of. Uh, you know, who comes from the Belichick tree, that kind of deal. Well, John Collins obviously comes from the Tobler tree. You and Tobler won a championship together. I know you'd pop in for the wine nights every once in a while, and he was helping you in the going. So when you had the opportunity, and we haven't spoken to you since this has all gone down, to hire that whole team and pretty much put in the rearview mirror any, you know, doubts or the rebuilding process, like, what do we got to get? What do we got to take? Like, you knew you were going to have all of that covered. How did that go down? Was it recommended to you? How did that all go down? And obviously pulling the trigger on that, I think is the reason that you're here. Like the reason we're going to start talking to you as a championship threat is because of the guts it took to do whatever you did to make this happen.
0: Well, you know, as an owner, I, I do pay attention to the competition. I very, I place close attention as we all do, you know, we pay attention to who the players are, who the crew chiefs, who the crew guys are. And so I felt like, you know, in order to, to steal away or to hire away a, 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 an established crew chief crew combination, man, you're going to have to come up with a lot of money, a lot of resources, uh, or and sometimes that won't even take these guys away from their. You know, a lot of these guys are happy where they are. They don't want to uproot. They have a, a set combination. So for me, for us to have an opportunity to bring a team like that into our into our fold and bring them into our operation would it take and then the unfortunate of of a of a team losing its sponsorship or or losing its support? And so obviously, with DSR losing two of of their four, well, they, they lost because they were going to park. I knew I knew that was coming down the road that the, that the two of the four cars were going to get parked. I didn't know how it was going to play out as far as who was going to stay, who was going to go. And so, yeah, I absolutely had JC uh, uh, penciled in as a team that I would really like to talk to and and whoever else was out there. And so at the end, when, when the end of the year came, even at nobody came up to me and offered, nobody came, there wasn't one person that said, Hey, you should hire them or Hey, you should look at them. Nor did they come to me and say, Hey, we're available. It was simply, The end of the year happened. It was obviously a COVID year. It was horrible. And then we lost Eric. It was just really a, man, uh, I was ready to start looking at, okay, what's the plan to move forward to replace Eric and to get the team going And It just, it came to me and I'm thinking, man, I'm going to, but I didn't want to do it in a way where it was during the race. I didn't want to do that. You know, uh, I just felt like I have too much respect for Don Schumacher and his operation to just go in there and, during the race and I have a lot of respect for Tommy and TJ and I know what he's going to. I've been there where, you know, you, you, you don't have plans. It's solidified for the year. So I waited for the end of the year and I just, I called uh, Don. I was the first guy I called. I called Don Schumacher and I said, I just, you know, we talked, I, he, we had a conversation. He mentioned JC. They are available. Boom. I couldn't get off the phone with Don fast enough. I got his number and we talked and we hit it off the moment we spoke. It was like, it was meant to be. He had time to reflect and think about his options. I did, too. And the rest is history. It was simply a a, a, a match made. Uh, I don't know about heaven, but it was a really good match. And, uh, you know, and, and so Don uh, hated to part with those guys. Those guys meant a lot to his operation. Don is, you know, uh, as a manufacturer of parts and equipment, I uh, really went in there and I thought, you know, with the mindset of, hey, let me provide JC and his team with the most uh uh i'm not comfortable but the most let me put them together with so i'm gonna have to change my combination so i brought in a lot of their equipment that they had there was some of it was new some of it was near new and, and so i made him comfortable with the with the operation i committed to him that i'm going to do what it takes so that you don't have to go out there and redevelop a combination you don't have to we don't have to make 100 test runs we don't have that kind of time here. Snap-on has been a great supporter of mine. They're, they've been my primary for many years, and they, uh, you know, they were they were excited about the change. So, you know, here we are. We we tested, and and uh, we did we have signs, flashes? You know, you could have made an argument. Uh, we could have won the four white. You know, I would, I had a not a very good reaction time. We could have won that race. So, I knew within the first few races that we were gonna we were gonna be a factor. And and like I said, it, it seems like it took. 100 races, but it's seven races in and we
1: cash it in. No, that's that is tremendous. And I think about Snap on all the time because I have uh I've met Mr. Pinchuk and I love the fact that they are so supportive of you, and that's what it's supposed to be. Drag racing is a premier major league sport, and a company like Snap on can be on the side, support you, you pay your guys, you go win races, you gain attention, people buy tools, that's how it works, and uh they've stood by you. And uh, you did something uh, really powerful them uh, l- real quick question. I guess I should know this, but I, I don't right now people want to know five disc or six disc. Cause JC and Tobler are together with the five disc mafia over there. But now that he's with you, has he moved beyond that or is he sticking with that as his, uh, as his style? Because I think that makes the win more uh, impressive. If he has switched to something new,
0: they didn't switch to anything. I wanted that car to be Tommy Johnson's car was a championship contender. Make no mistake about it. Those guys were, I think they won or they had a, a a fluke loss, I think, at the U.S. Nationals prior to that. I think they broke a rod or something where they lost early, I think, to Creasy, of, uh, you know, of all, of all racers. Uh, and uh, Creasy actually made a good run that, that day. I remember it. But I wanted them to be comfortable and run whatever. Uh, you know, honestly, I'm a fan of the five disc. I believe that, that for a funny car, that's the best combination. It, it gives you the biggest window of opportunity for the or the way the car, the way the cars run, the, the changing conditions. So I know like, we were not talking about changing anything um, because again, I had so much respect for how they ran the car. And again, Ron Tobler, who I have a long history with, my 2008 championship-winning crew chief, really mentored uh, JC and, and some of the guys on the team. So I wanted to keep it the same. And and so, uh, like they say, the cliche hit the ground running. That's exactly what we did. So yeah, we have a five disc. I think Paul Lee has a five disc uh, Jason Rupert, who you're going to see later in the, in the, uh, I think at Pomona will have a five disc. So there's just a few guys that have five disc clutches and most of the guys have that they're drinking the Kool-Aid, man. They think the sixes. And then let me say this, the sixes is still, they're very, uh, you know, one weekend, man, I remember a couple of races ago, John Force's cars could do no wrong. And, uh, you know, and at Norwalk, uh, you know, they were, they were strong, but not as strong as they have been. So it just depends on your combination. A lot of people will go on either side, but we like what we have and uh, we're riding that thing to the finish line.
1: No, I like it. I like it. And it's like legacy of Tobler. And I, I spoke with him about it and he said, look, yep. man, I've got like, you know, 15 years of data associated with this. And that's worth something. And I'm going to keep yep. riding. It. And he did, and he was successful and it continues on. Let's talk about the chin strap in that. I wonder, you know, John, and those guys to suggest things to you, like, hey, you know, over there, we did this. And over this, you know, hey, you don't have one of these. Uh, and for you, as a veteran driver, it shows flexibility. You've got to, You've got to, like, what is it the second you don't adapt new technology is when you begin to get old, right? Like, right. you hadn't been using this, and you were having some troubles, and then you started to use it. And here it is, like, two weeks later, you're like, wow, you know, I should use it. Talk a little bit about that and some of the things that they're bringing to the table for you that have helped you get better.
0: Well, that's exactly what happened. They suggested, uh, hey, that Tommy wore a, a, a chin strap, and he did comment. Tommy did to them occasionally, if it wasn't tight, he, it would be blurry for him. And I, I listened to it. And I'm like, well, I don't know. I, you know, I, I don't need that thing. And then it it it, uh, and then what happened? You know. So yeah, to to say that I had problems, I did not realize how blurred my vision was until a couple of runs. The car actually made a little move at the very hit of the throttle, and I re, it required correction. Well, I didn't correct it because I thought I was going perfectly straight. That right there told me, Houston, we have a problem here. And so then I started looking at the imprint of my helmet. I, my head was clearly up against the cage. I did not know there was a better vision scenario. I thought, oh, man, I'm good. I'm driving straight. But again, my car, it's a different combination car. There's different things that go on within the clutch, the way the torque is on the car, the tires, the way they plant. It didn't it wasn't working anymore. And and hey, I want to be good. I want to be good at what I do. And so I listened to that and I I got the chin strap. I would do now. Is it the end all be all these cars? You still have trouble seeing out of there. You know, you're freaking sitting behind the motor. The motor is laying sideways. It's blurry. But it allowed me to really reflect and go, man, I need to get up and see and do more. you could make an argument I was so confident all I was worried about is cutting the light once I took my eyes off the tree and focused on the on the deal I thought I'm good man I'm the I'm the baddest dude out here but you whack that wall a couple times and it knocks you upside the head it makes you realize real quick hey man uh you got to get your stuff together and that's exactly what I did and so not to mention the other thing about the chin strap I was loosening my belts through the years you know through every year, I, I'm going to loosen a little bit more. You know, you get a little older, you know, you're in the car. It's like, man, I want I want to breathe better. Well, guess what? You, you, those are lazy man traits. Don't do it. Belts are tight. And I actually had the guy that tightened up, Tommy, tighten me up. And, man, he wails on them things. I'm in the car. I probably sunk that much in the cage just because I'm down in the seat. So those are little things that teams can bring even to a driver that people don't really talk about. And so I, I have no problem listening uh, to people. we're uh, always learning. You're always evolving. And the, the day I say I got it figured out I'm cool is a day that I'm probably gonna be doing something else because I want to be good and I wanna be like I wanna when that car is fast, I wanna be the guy that, that's pointing in the right direction. And and so, you know, it's just it just took it took all that stuff to get us to where we are to that win represented all those things coming together. That's why it meant so much to everybody.
1: Well, I- exactly, and uh, I love hearing you say that. You, you know, being flexible versus being inflexible, and uh, you know, being open to new things, new technology, or that uh, you know what I'm, I'm missing something here. And uh, this was a clear example of that, right? Like we all knew you're like, oh, I didn't have it, now I have it, and oh man, there's a difference. Uh, <laughs> I didn't
0: think. I thought I didn't think I thought what I had was good enough, but you know, I'm guilty of things. You know, I'm a little old school and. You know, think about it. the cars. When I first started, I was thinking about this the other day. The cars are going 285 to 286 miles an hour in the early 90s. We're doing that at half track now. Think about it. for the fans. Listen to this. That is crazy acceleration, Joe. That is insanity. Do I think they're going too fast? Yeah, that's a conversation for another day. You, you bet you bet you I think they're going too fast. But uh that's the reality of today's nitro engines. There are some bad dudes, man, and they go fast. They accelerate, they pull, they, they have torque like no other. But so as a driver, yeah, you have to evolve and you have to be ready. And I'm not younger. I'm not a young guy. My, my uh, neck muscles, hey, maybe I'm not as strong as I used to be. But I would say I'm so confident as a driver that if somebody has a better way to do it, eh, let's, let me do it and, and I'll be good or better. No problem.
1: I like it. We got a bunch of people out there on the social watching. Uh, this gentleman says, uh, a "Quarter mile bandit. When John Force and Cruz Pedregon are winning races, drag racing is at its best. That's and when that's I, awesome. it well, it that's is. Very it is. Cool. And you know what other sport? John, of course, he's seventy-two years old. You're not quite that old, obviously, but you've been around a long time. Like that ninety-two championship is one of the most well-publicized events in drag racing history, the battle, the fight, I still remember it well. So you've got a lot of fans and they're happy, like this guy out there, Angel. Uh, I felt the moment you won, having your child there watching you win is something that I get to accomplish it in my level of drag racing. So a little bit of relationship there. Angel wow. says he's a, a Hispanic dad and it's great to see a fellow Latino reach that level wow. of race. And a lot of people don't understand that, Cruz. I have a lot of people ask me, like, what does it matter? And I was like, well, wait a second. People watch something And they want to know, like, can I do that? Right. Is this something that I'm, you know, I can do that. And you are representing people, even if, if other people don't understand it, there's a whole representation going on that, uh, if you're not that you don't get it. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. Well, let's hope. I'm sorry, Joe, go ahead it's open doors for me yeah it's open doors for me because let's face it I mean the consumers out there a lot of latinos buy the product so I think from a business perspective uh, the more different you are the actually the the better you are you are off uh, uh, really is the way I see it and so it's open doors for me for uh, uh the business side of it for sponsors I had McDonald's and you know years ago and you know and advanced auto parts and now snap on and, and dodge and all the different uh, great supporters we have but you know it's really about the opportunity and you really have to you really have to dig in spanish they call it ganas you really have to have ganas and i don't even know the translation from ganas to real english or to to english but it's uh you got to have the web force, man you got to really want to do it and you've got to really go after it and you know i remember there was a time that uh i i went to my first car owner and I, the pay wasn't even i didn't want to get paid because i was afraid that if the pay was going to be the reason why I got the rider lost it I was like hey you know I'll drive for nothing and so really that's the mentality you have to have and then if you can somehow get through some doors and make it through the hoops that you have to you can kind of get on your way but it's really a process you know if I were to tell 10 young kids how to get to where I, I'd have you know there's 10 different ways or 10 there's probably more than 10 different ways to get there but it's just really taking advantage of of your heritage and and be you I guess you could say just be you man
1: I like it. All right. Real quick. I know you've been uh, very generous with your time and I appreciate it, but I wanted you to talk about a couple people, Caleb, who has been on the show in the past during pandemic. He came on, we talked a little bit about him. Very, you know, young, aggressive guy, Stevie Ray's hanging out with you guys. He's always reaching out to the, uh, the pit area, killer Mike into the celebrities. Although I was a little bummed because killer Mike had a big plan for us. If you had one in Atlanta, I got to admit he was going to bring a call to a place called the blue flame. I don't know. Oh, that yeah, is. Right. Right. <laughs> (laughs) We're
0: going to tear it up at that place. Yeah.
1: Whatever it is. But uh, there's Caleb and also Melissa, who is a friend of mine. Like I'm friends with Melissa. She's, you know, like she has been so great. And for you to have a support structure like that, that you can trust. And now if you look people don't realize, maybe you have built this support structure around you from Caleb on the team side, Melissa on the personal side, and now you've got a team and i know those guys and so all of a sudden i i you're your championship caliber whether it happens or not we don't know but talk a little bit about those things that have happened that obviously are involved in your success on the track now
0: well joe i really appreciate you you ask really good questions and they're they're very uh they make us think a little bit and so yeah first of all i, I did talk to my uh previous car owner larry miner and we we did talk, he was one guy that always stressed to me he'd always say it even in his uh acceptance speech at the uh, uh, Hall of Fame a couple of years ago in Gainesville. He said, you know, you have to sur- surround yourself with good people and they'll make you look good. You know what? You can't get away from that. I just talked to Larry earlier today and I told him that same thing. I remember that. And that's exactly right. Melissa, my girlfriend, has been been with me for going a little over five years now. She's been awesome. She has been, she has stabilized, I guess, the the personal side of me and, and means, means the world to me. And um, uh, and, and so and she's great with my daughter, Raya loves her and Raya likes hanging out with her. So she does me. I don't know what that's all about, but, and then Caleb, I mean, Caleb's a, Caleb really came to me right out of college as a young guy, uh, loves sports. Like I do loves Muhammad Ali, loves some of the old school, traditional sports, uh, uh, card collector and, you know, he into the video game. So he brought the, the younger, the millennial, uh, enthusiasm and, and the social, uh, uh, background to, my team. And I did not have that going for me. So Caleb's meant a lot to me. I know his family. Well, his, his parents were there for the win and so great. And so Caleb's a pretty humble guy. I still call him a kid. He's, you know, he just got married. And, uh, and so, yeah, he uh, means a lot, you know, so for me, for me to uh, I'm sorry, for me to have these this support system and support people around me and they're good people, sponsors love them. I love them. It means a lot to me. Hey, the, the the story hasn't been written on JC and Rip and, and, and Ryan and the whole team, but uh uh I can tell you this that uh, there's a song by the Doobie brothers. I, I I don't I don't really know how it goes, but it's called Yammo Be There. And so for me as a driver, I need to answer the bell and do my part, and we can do really cool things and special things, and that will be seen and coming up. My favorite track, Denver. We'll start in Denver. We'll go from there. We'll see what happens. Hey, I've got a a great sponsor, great team of, of people that support me. uh Petrov Towing, Solar uh, Power, Solar Dodge. Uh, you know, Snap On is you know all their dealers. They're do- We're going to do some really cool cars coming up. The uh Own It uh, franchisee car, uh, breast cancer awareness. We're going to do that later in October. So a lot of good stuff. Fatheads Eyewear, uh, uh, Speed Dogs shift knobs. Just all the people that support it. It just really makes all the heartache and all the things that I've gone through, uh, really uh, great, Joe. And thanks for bringing, that, bringing up those great people that, that you just brought up.
1: Well, it's, uh, you know, I can't help but know about that. You know, being out there, and maybe the average fan doesn't get to know about it, but that's why I do WFO Radio, because that's what where success comes from those kind of things. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned the Western swing, Denver. I'm excited. We're getting ready for that this weekend, 4th of July though. Uh, what do you got planned? Hopefully Jim Rome is going to have you on at some point, right? After this big win, I know you're a big fan of Romy, but take us to the next couple of weeks before we go to Denver. What do you got planned? What are you doing for the 4th of July Lay it on us?
0: Actually, my man, Jim Rome is off for two weeks. I am going to be on a show at some point next week. Uh, I, I got some jungle karma com- coming with the win last week, but uh, we're, we're just going to take it easy and hang out in Southern California. I flew out yesterday. I spent some time with the guys at the shop. Let me say one last thing about the team. They drove they, We left Norwalk as a rain delay at 1:30 AM. They were at the shop at 6 AM by 8 AM, 8:30, They were back at the shop, tearing the car apart, taking it to DSR for a new front half. So to say that we have a, a group of dedicated crew guys and, and team members, as will be an understatement. So I want to thank them for that. So I think everybody's going to go boating, have a good time. I want to wish everyone a safe 4th uh, of July weekend. We're going to hang out in Southern California and go places and just hang out with family.
1: That is awesome. Mark Bond wants to know where he can buy a snap-on pit cruise shirt. Cruise. Do you have those? Well,
0: if, yeah. Well, you can go to the trailers. There's a trailer uh, uh, trailer at the at the track. I think. Just go on, go online our Cruise Pedregon website, and uh, we sell our shirt. We can't sell the Snap On starting line shirts. Um, That's those are reserved for the Snap On people. But we have a lot of Snap On really cool Snap On uh, stuff on there. So go check that out.
1: There it is. Look, Melissa's even on there right now, isn't she? Just like (laughs) she's right there, and she's getting in on the conversation. And that's what I love about it. Uh, This show and what you guys do. And now that you're in the mix, Cruz, good job. Congratulations. And I think this is uh, just the first of more in the future, but it's tough out there. Funny car is no joke.
0: No joke, man. It's going to be brutal.
1: Thank you for spending time on WFO Radio. Enjoy your 4th of July weekend. Thanks,
0: Joe. I always love being on your show, man. It's a pleasure. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Later, Cruz. There he goes. Cruz Pedragon with us here on WFO. And look, people weighing in. Keel says, congratulations to the cruiser. He also says, go Raiders. The Raiders. Nobody ever says, go Dolphins, right? Oh, and uh, Melissa's mom is out there as well. Got to hang out with the Snap-on team. Uh, Caleb uh, Gypsy at Norwalk. Uh, Gypsy, I forgot to mention Gypsy. Oh, my gosh. All weekend got a fist bump from Cruise. That is super cool. Uh, Caleb says that the Nitro Fish trailer. Nitro Fish, which you're there. You can get a WFO Radio t-shirt, too. I should have known that. I don't have all the details on like all the cross pollination with the gear and stuff. But how great was that, right? And in the past couple of weeks of WFO Radio, we have had Force, we have had Cruise. It feels like old school drag racing right now. Except they are both back at the top of their game, and you know there's going to be some fun battles along the way. I am looking forward to it, and I'm excited, and hopefully you are too. All right, get some comments in the comment section, guys. Let me hear what you think. I got a couple things I want to tell you a little bit about. Like number one. Everyone should be sure to vote for Erica Enders to win the ESPY, because why not? And where is that? Standby. Yeah, this is all live. Top Fuel 173 says, according to IndyCar's Twitter, they are more diverse and faster than NHRA. Well, listen, first of all, I've worked with IndyCar. I respect IndyCar. I like IndyCar. But IndyCar, you're no NHRA. OK, when it comes to diversity and speed, clearly, because three is bigger than two, like three as in 300 miles per hour is quicker than two as in 200 miles per hour. Simple as that. And as far as uh, diversity, like how are we judging diversity? Are we talking about international uh, geographic diversity, in which case they beat us because our drivers are pretty much uh, you know, not all American, but many. Right. Whereas their drivers are mostly international. But when we're talking, what kind of diversity are we talking about? You know, there's, uh, uh, you know, uh, gender diversity. There's, uh, you know, racial diversity. And I believe the one that I think is the most unique is age diversity. In drag racing, we have got some really badass older gentlemen that can still fight for the win. And if diversity is all about various groups seeing themselves in your competition, like, oh, I'm welcome there. This is a type of racing that welcomes me. How about our uh, older folks, old guys rule thing that's going on out there? Seeing John Force and Cruz Bedragon, who is not John Force old, but he's, uh, you know, he's over 50. Get out there and battle against the young guys and kick their butts. Yeah, that's what drag racing is. And that's what it's all about, because you don't have to be great for three hours. You have to be great for five minutes at a time, four times a day which I actually really like. I think it's actually better because it's more uh, modern and short attention span for guys like me. All right, get your comments in the comment section. I'm going to tell you about some people, and then I'm going to show you a quick interview about something that is about to go down. He mentions the nitro fish trailer, talk Tamra out there in Norwalk and the WFO shirts are flying off the shelf with exception of the two X, which we do not have bottom line. They got all kinds of great gear, including the snap on gear says Caleb. Thank you, Caleb for that total seal piston rings. TotalSeal.com, if you're building engines at any level, TotalSeal.com. But they also supply piston rings for tractors, for air compressors. If you've got a business that you go through piston rings, compressors, say, call Total Seal. Tell them you heard them on Joe, WFO Joe, and, uh, and maybe something will come together, and it will be very great for me. Uh, Frank Hawley's Drag Racing School, the dragster adventure, where a regular person just like you can show up with nothing, except for the clothes on your back and drive a dragster and feel a little tiny taste of the experience. Cruz Petragon is talking about. I love having Cruz on the show. He's he is. He's honest. Like we've never had a bad interview with cruiser. Never, never had any bad interviews because bad interviews come from bad interviewers. Samtech.edu, the school of automotive machine ascent technology, Pat myself on the back. Not good. Not good. These guys are educating the next generation of engine builders of machinists, of doers. And speaking of, uh, you know, makers and fixers, samtech.edu, check them out, go to the website, and uh, they are placing their graduates with teams through their connections. It's not even all in racing. A lot of people in aerospace, you want to work at SpaceX, let me tell you, the education that you get at Samtech is applicable, just saying. And finally, Marvin Rodak, Rodak's coffee and grills.com The hot sauces and the spice rubs and everything good. He's making special blends of coffee roasted fresh per your order. It shows up at your house. You open the box, and you're hooked. You're hooked because the smell, the aroma is amazing. And then you go and you grind it. You can get it ground, but I get mine full bean. And then I'm grinding. It's like a science project. I'm, the coffee maker is not quite like a science project, but I like it. And uh, keeps me fired up all day long. Hey, if you go to WFOradio.com, you can get gear and stickers and all kinds of stuff in our WFO Radio store. We've even got, where is it? The Warren Johnson book is up in our WFO store. The Don the Snake book is up in our store. Uh, John Jaduga's book, great artwork, all kinds of great stuff in our WFO store, like things that are picked by me and some of our listeners. Like, like here's something cool, Joe, for drag racers. Put it up in the WFO store. And I do. So check it out at WFORadio.com. All right. Before we get to the final comments, this is what's next. Next week, we got Alan Reinhart. Like, it's 4th of July week right now, in fact. 4th of July week starts right now. 4th of July week. And here's to all you great Americans out there. What I'm talking about, baby. Blowing up stuff do not hold fireworks in your hand do not do any of that stuff but be safe and enjoy and grill and have a good time and have a beverage as the united states we're back people out there enjoying having fun if you're going to your local racetrack local short track local fireworks show spending time with neighbors having a block party that is awesome because i'm super excited as we uh get ready for my favorite holiday fourth of july got to bust out the John Phillips Sousa, of course, you know, Semper Fidelis. And I was hanging out with my Marine Corps dad yesterday. And that was uh, really great too. Happy birthday, dad, the day after. Uh, amazing stuff. But I wanna I wanna show you this. Flying Ryan Ayler. For those of you who are diehard viewers of WFO Radio and you watch every show, Flying Ryan Ayler challenged me on the show to a match race. Old school match race, Joe versus Pro. Flying Ryan Ayler. We're going to be an identically prepared Mustang GTs. I'm going to go from Fort Lauderdale to Tampa, that showdown dragway over there, formerly Sunshine Dragway, eighth mile track, right in the middle of the city. I've been there before once. And I'm going to match race this guy. We're going to document everything. I'm going to do social media leading up. I'm going to do social media. I don't know. Maybe it'll leak out. But I fully intend to give it my best. But I caught up with Flying Ryan at the track. Let's watch the interview and then we'll talk about it after. WFO here with Flying Ryan getting ready for the big match race. Me versus him or is it him versus me? I appreciate the invite and Chance Right, He's like, he's going to take me down. But shouldn't you though? Like, I'm the, I'm the underdog. I here. mean, this is Who's Tampa the Bay race rentals. This is yes. a brand new stock Mustang GTs with drag rails. Yes. So, I mean, you got a, just an equal chance if you take some instruction from me, maybe. Right. You know, you Which, go through the course a little bit. Learn a little here and there. I, I will get better. I'll get better, But, but they're your, your cars. What I about? have had a couple more runs in them. Yes. You know, but uh, this couple is couple runs. Runs. The, the very first outing we saw a girl who had never raced one cut an 0 2 light in the finals and won. Wow. So, you get, so okay. You know, I must Great be a pretty car. good teacher. Excellent. But most importantly, I just love the idea. And we're going to call it Joe versus Pro. He's the pro, I'm the Joe, and we're going to give drag race and have it's, fun and dra- wa- raise uh, awareness your deal and have a good time of course i'm going to try to win people of course he is is going down because if it don't go down that way i'm going to be made fun of for at least the rest of the season that's right he'll be made fun of we'll see stick around wfo and there it is you see matt cummings coming in the background and and he will be made fun of because look let's let's face it okay i am lowering the expectations playing the game there's no way i lowly me should be able to go out there and beat flying Ryan in cars that he owns at a track that he races at. But I'm going to go over there. You know, the guy just trying to do the media show and uh, make the best of it. Tampa Bay race rentals. And I think it's great that he's doing it. I'm super excited about it. If you're in the Tampa area, you're welcome to come on out. It's going to be a test and tune night over there. Then you come on out. Right. We're going to do, I guess, two out of three. Um, There's some things to be negotiated. Like he mentioned sportsman tree. Are we doing sportsman tree? Are we doing pro tree? Are we doing instant green? What benefits me the most? Mm, I don't know. I don't know. We're going to have to see. Am I going to get tricky on him? Like I did at no prep Kings honking the horn. I don't know. Like, that's the thing. But they have put together this. Ryan just uh, texted me this a little bit earlier. I feel like I look pretty good in that picture. I think that's about as intimidating as I can get. That's, his, that's all I got when it comes to intimidation value. But, you know, can I take a 50-pound bag of concrete and stick it in the back of his vehicle? Like, what constitutes cheating? Can I do the Angie Smith, bring a metal spoon? Or maybe there is no spoon. Who knows? But this is going on a week from yesterday. And I will be driving back either a, after a great victory or uh, an expected defeat next week. All the pressure is on flying Ryan Ayler. But what this is going to do is it's going to start a new, the pilot, if you will, of a new segment on WFO, or maybe it'll be its own show on our YouTube channel, which you should subscribe to WFO Radio TV, Joe versus pro, where I'm going to battle professionals in their sports and professionals at whatever they do. Like, are we going to play, you know, beer pong? I don't know. It's, it's whatever we can get. But this one served itself up thanks to Flying Ryan. And uh, I am super excited. The Ultimate Drag Race Experience at the Tampa Bay Race Reynolds And some of you might be thinking about, you know, isn't that similar to Frank Holly's? And I think, no, absolutely not. This is a full body car. It's more for parties and that kind of thing. You're going to drive a dragster. It's much more serious level. But this, honestly, is purely promotional, baby, for Flying Ryan and myself. And if I beat him, oh, my gosh, like that would be very bad. Because I will be tested. I will be tested personally. Like my ability to be uh, to win with class. Like I always say about the junior dragster kids. Right? Because like, flying Ryan should not lose to me. Like he's a professional racer and I'm just Joe. You can follow me in my adventures at uh, Joe on Twitter and Instagram. Let's see what everybody else has to say. Let's see what they got to say. Did I use all the Cruz Pedragon photographs, I want to say? There's the smoke coming out of the back of it. Caleb furnished these photographs that made it dramatic guys. You should do that. Will it damage anything, man, do it on a regular basis. All right. See what everybody else has to say, Sammy. What's up, Sammy. Great interview today. It's so easy when you got force and Erica and Cruz Patragon. It's easy. You got to just ask some uh, questions. Ganis, the will to do. I like that as opposed to the, what is it? Ching, Chingones, right? Which is, You get it. Joanne. Yes, Denver. I am looking forward to Denver, too. And I'm hearing great things about Denver. I did hear that the block party is not happening. Sorry, but the block party is not happening because of, uh, from what I understand, the local restaurants have kind of taken all their stuff outside and they've got whatever. That's something to look forward to in 2022. But the races can be great. Monica was talking about Speed Dog. Talk to Chris about Speed Dog. Chris, Speed Dog, Chris. Right? Figador. Who his sponsorship has come up through the ranks as well. was on Pro Stock cars, was on Bo's car. Now he's on Cruz's car. Great guy. Great guy. Let's see what else I have fallen behind in terms of let's see. Stubo. Yeah, we haven't done the ignition show just yet. Maybe later. Patriotic WFO Joe. That's great. Happy Fourth of July. I'm excited. I went and bought fireworks yesterday. Gonna enjoy it. Fake an injury. Hire Erica. You know. That is a cowardly thing to say. Steve Brenwald. Fake an injury. Are you kidding me? As much as I would definitely choose Erica if I was really injured and she was available to me my driver, um I would rather go there with my full, you know full capacity and fight and lose than fake an injury. Oh my gosh. I'll get that off of there. Yeah, I'm getting all kinds of intel. Don't tell Flying and Ryan. There's a lot of intel. Demand the black car. That's what I hear. Jim Norris, don't deep stage. They'll chastise you. Um, you know, the deep staging thing, how great was that conversation? How great is it that Tony gets along better with Bob Tasca than um than Cruz, according to Cruz, which I don't believe, but maybe it's true. I don't know. Right. Um I am against. You know, our sport is so challenging to explain to people as it is, right? There's obviously a lot wrapped up in the whole rolling in deep deal because John Force spent a bunch of time explaining to everybody that it's just something I do and it's this and that. Uh, I guess there are some drivers, like maybe we should come up with, and this isn't for me to do, this is for you guys, the virtual producers, right? Like the list. The deep state, like it's the final round. Let's create a scenario. Okay, WFO Universe, you guys help help me out here. It's the final round. Which drivers will roll in a little bit deep to shorten the track to try to get the wind light and which drivers don't? Like I'd like to see that list, a confirmed personal list. Because I've heard Beckman talk about going in deep. And I've talked about, I think Tommy Johnson has said, going for the final round. Right. When do you go in deep? You go in deep when you think you need it. And when is that? Well. That's up to the driver. It's just a, a momentary thing. Force says, you know, it gets him amped up. He, he, he feels like he's doing something, whatever. And. The throttle wax in the pits. Aren't quite extinct, but they've gone away. Mostly Dell Worsham has brought it back in Alexis's car. And when Dell and Alexis win a race, that'll be the first car who does throttle wax to win a race in a long time, hopefully encouraging others to do it. But we all want from the sport and they say, no, you can't. Like we want dry hops. We don't really want dry hops anymore. Dry hops were cool, but they took them away. And long burnouts were cool. And they took them away and throttle wax in the pits were cool. And they took them away. And now drivers jumping in deep and doing gamesmanship on the starting line and doing what they got to do with what they've got to win the race. There are people obviously out there trying to take it away shaming these guys, shaming them for doing it. And the conversation, you know, Alan and I go back and forth about this all the time. You know, you've got to do what you got to do to give the crew chief the best opportunity to get the lane choice and lane choice matters and it's not productive. And I disagree. I say, you before you acquire lane choice, you must first acquire the wind light. And if you don't feel like you're going to get the wind light, what difference does it make? Like Bob Tasca, for instance, you know, he outran Cruz Pedregon, but he didn't get the win line. Do you want to just change the sport to low ET wins every round? We could do it. Low ET or, or, or combine the driver reaction time and the car reaction time so that we don't know who the good drivers are. So we don't know that data at all. Like we just combine it. People have suggested that. And I think that's uh, counter to drag racing. No, man, I want to know. I like the idea. Think about the opening scenes to American Sports Cavalcade and that camera shot of like right on the wheel and seeing a guy jump into the beams like that's old school. That's part of the sport. You want to get rid of that? Another sanitization of the sport? Not me. Not me. So where's the pushback now? Like, apparently there are a bunch of drivers, a bunch of people who have got caps and force and crews, everybody talking about jumping in deep. Now, Tony Pedragon's call of the final round. I got to hang out with Tony a lot pretty recently, and he's great. Great guy. Right. But. You know, and who am I to criticize anything? I'm not criticizing anything, but. I think all of us. Are guilty. We're all guilty. Erica said it yesterday. And don't forget to vote for Erica for the SBs. We respond more to negative feedback than we do to positive feedback. First of all, you don't get positive feedback all the time, but negative feedback you definitely get. That's number one rule of everything, right? Like there's one negative letter. You take it super seriously. You get five uh, positive. Hey, boy, pat on the back. You you are almost trained as a human in our world to Brush that off. Oh, no, no. Don't take positive feedback. Negative feedback. That's what you got to take seriously, right? Um, but the idea that we're going to stage shame people for doing what they got to do to win the way they've always done it, the way that's working, the way that's, its, it's to me, it's exciting. It's starting line gamesmanship. its It's what happens at the highest levels. So what, Tricky Ricky, uh, for all the stuff he's done on the starting line, he should have been, what, just shallow staging every time and then when the light flashes, if for some reason he is not as good as the other guy, just lose and go away. No, man, you got to do what you got to do with what you got when you got it. That's what I think. Clearly, there are people within the sport that would love to see that element go away. And just switch and they maybe they think I'm not saying who it is because I don't know who it is, but I bet they're probably, you know, really young. That's a guess. And people who have not yet had to deal with, I'll just say it this way, wearing reading glasses. You don't know what the heck you're talking about. And it was me. Cause I didn't know. And you don't know what you don't know. And you don't understand what you don't understand. You can't comprehend because you haven't done it. And it hasn't happened to you. But the second you have to start pulling out the reading glasses, your whole life is going to change. What I gotta, I gotta do something. I can't just do it the way I did it before. I can't just do it. It isn't just automatic. Yeah. That's called being a young person. And it's great. Obviously it's awesome, but it's not always going to be like that. So the te- the second you hit, you know, 42 years old and you got to pull out these things and it's a signal to you and it's not just that it's everything you're still going to be able to do what you do and you're still going to be able to do what you do and you can be able to do it very well but maybe not always and maybe it's going to be slow uh, a slow uh pathetic decline to decrepancy which is which is fine that's part of it but managing it and that's why when force goes in deep at 72 years old and someone calls him out, hell no. Whatever you got to do that is within the rules, you do it. And that's why they say age and treachery will beat youth and exuberance every time because of experience, because of wisdom, because of desire. And uh, who knows? Let's see what dragster Jeff has to say. Drag racing has sportsman door cars that go faster than Indy cars. Yeah, a lot of them. And no offense to Indy car. I like Indy car. But if they're, I didn't see the tweet. But if they're out there uh, saying that, you know, just like 300 is faster than 200. Full tree or pro tree, don't know. Flying Ryan seemed to make it sound like it was a uh, 510 sportsman tree. And maybe that's great. But, you know, I would like to avoid red lights. Cause I don't want to see a race come down to a red light, any kind of show demonstration races like this. I like to try to avoid red lights. So maybe we should, I should negotiate the instant green because I have done that recently. And I doubt that he has, right. I did instant green at no prep Kings two weeks ago. And he, he ha- I don't think he has. So I think maybe I'll try to negotiate the instant green and the 50 pound bag of concrete. Uh, we have faith in you, Joe. You can race and win against Ryan Ayler. Yes, maybe. And Blake's going to be rooting for me, and everyone's going to be rooting for me. I hope I don't let you down. And now I'm starting to feel the pressure. Oh, the pressure. All right, everybody. That's all I got. And the WFO week ends here. Maybe there'll be an ignition show at some point point somewhere. Like, maybe I'll fire something up. But thank you very much. Thanks to Erica Enders. Remember, the ESPYs. The ESPYs, go, you vote every day. Come on, guys, vote every day for Erica. Number one, she deserves it, I think. And even against Lewis Hamilton, honestly. Even against Lewis Hamilton, Erica Enders deserves driver of the year from the ESPYs. But also, speaking of gaming the system, she's a Disney girl. Right on track, ESPN, Disney, maybe. If we get a good enough showing with the votes, they'll be like, yeah, man, this is how we launch right on track two. Electric Boogaloo. Blake says, bye. Bye, Blake. Thank you very much. Vote for E. E -E, E-E. E-squared. E-E. Exactly. What a great uh, show. Brenwald. So, non-sporting. I'm not going to fake an injury. If I get injured and don't race, it's because it's legit. Yeah, I'll be heading over there on Wednesday morning. We're going to be at the track, I think, beginning at 4. And we'll be there into the night and uh, making runs. And we'll see. And I'm going to document the whole thing for WFO. Hey, if you're new to the show and you made it to this point, if you're watching for the very first time on YouTube, subscribe, click the bell. Appreciate that. And even more importantly, share the show. With some friends, you don't have to just put it on your social media. You could just tell people about it. But that's how we are growing. And, boy, are we growing. And it's been great. Big thanks to Cruz Pedragon. Love what he had to say about Eric. You know, the sport. You get to know a lot of people. And, um, you know, you get close with them. And good job, Cruz. All right, everybody, that's going to do it. Happy Fourth of July, everybody. We'll see you next week. WFO.